0: Welcome, I'm Olivia Hall, and this is Reprint, your in-depth look at stories you need to know from the Temple News' print edition. On today's episode, we will talk with Temple News Assistant Opinion Editor Molly Fest about how Temple should be offering harm reduction resources among the expansion in student health and wellness. But first, we speak with Temple News' Editor-in-Chief Lawrence Ukenye. To learn about the tugs of strike and how we compare it to other groups who have striked for higher wages and benefits
1: hello lawrence thank you for joining me today
2: thanks for having me Olivia. yeah for
1: the first
2: time yeah it's, no, it's crazy glad i could finally make it on
1: okay so i know everyone has seen the big blow up fat cat um everyone gathering at the bell tower so what is going on can you talk about what temple university graduate student association
2: is yeah of course so TUGSA is a graduate student union they're primarily made up of tas and ras um and like they've mainly just been protesting the university about um benefits so their contract expired in february of 2022 and they've sort of been working um the past year without an agreement um so both sides are basically working to iron out sort of like a new contract for the future and i guess Temple sort of has this idea of like what they anticipate that deal should look like. Um, and Tugza, again, they sort of want to advocate for higher wages, additional benefits, um, things that sort of keep up with the standard of living, like amid like high inflation, um, things of that nature.
1: And how long have they been on strike for?
2: Yeah, so they went on strike on January 31st, so it's been a couple weeks now. Um, again, there have been like classroom disruptions, um, certain professors. Um, have been or certain TAs have been like replaced temporarily by instructors instructors that the university has put in place um, So that classes can go on because Temple has sort of like said they want as little disruption to like how students go about their day as possible So um, it's been about a couple weeks now
1: And as you mentioned before about the pay increase so right now What is their average salary and what are they asking for?
2: Yeah, so they've told the Temple News and I think a couple other outlets that they currently get paid around a little over $19,000. And they sort of wish to be paid sort of within the $32,000 range. Um, That's sort of like the range that they believe sort of, you know, can cover the cost of living in the state of Pennsylvania and sort of like address other concerns they have about like living in the city. Um, A lot of members we've talked to are sort of like frustrated because like they have to commute from like outside of town because their wages don't like cover the cost of like living within the city. So that's sort of like a range that they're hoping to reach in these negotiations.
1: You briefly mentioned in your article about other groups striking. So how does Tugza, how's the Tugza strike compared to others mentioned?
2: The Tugza strike sort of comes within like an interesting period in this country right now. A lot of college employees are striking Um, University of Washington, University of California, I think Syracuse also went on strike. Um, And a lot of these orgs are striking basically for the same reasons, lack of pay. Um, We have a more union-friendly president right now, so a lot of these groups can sort of think that they have more power to sort of advocate for themselves because they have backing from Washington. Um, So we're seeing groups sort of like take it upon themselves, like really empower themselves within their respective negotiations at their said schools.
1: Tugsa's been out there for a while, they've been striking for a while, so why is Temple unwilling to meet demands, and how have they responded so far to the demands of Tugsa?
2: Yeah, so Temple submitted a offer that included some increases and some benefits, but some t- Tugsa members felt it didn't go far enough, um, and I think that's sort of where things are at a standstill right now, because Temple said, like, these things sort of are in accordance um, of, like, different things that we sort of think might benefit you, and Tugza sort of said, like, well, we don't believe this to be true at all. Um, Yeah, so Temple sort of submitted a counteroffer to them. Tugza rejected it primarily because, like, Tugza thinks, like, the benefits and increased pay doesn't really go far enough to cover the things that they need. And sort of how they've responded, um, it's just, like, continuing protesting. Um, Some members have encouraged, like, their students to join the picket line which has actually like fueled some tension with Temple because Temple is now warning students like, hey, if you go out in protest, like you could risk like compromising your academic progress and like, you know, professors don't have the right to excuse you if you do decide to go out and support your professor. So um, it's really just creating like a sticky situation where both sides, you know, sort of want students to like join their side but also like be neutral. It's a really weird balance that both sides are trying to find right now.
1: And this issue has been noticed nationwide. Can you talk about how Tugza's been noticed on a federal level and what have politicians been saying about this issue?
2: Yeah, so John Fetterman has tweeted support for Tugza. Um, I think Bernie Sanders was like the big one when he came out and tweeted in support of Tugza. We did that breaking news story on it. And what's been really interesting is a lot of local and state politicians like coming into Temple and like protesting alongside Tugza members. Um, it's gonna get really interesting just because like senior officials like Josh Shapiro the governor ultimately like hold power because Temple's like a state-funded institution So we'll see if he decides to speak up because you know although a Fetterman or a Bernie Sanders can speak up They don't really have the same power to like um, Push Temple a certain way as like someone like the governor would um, So we'll see what happens. I think you know the Washington Post has reported on it NBC News has reported on it so Um, It's definitely becoming something that's more of, like, a national story, if you will, especially since Temple decided to cut their benefits um, in response to them striking.
1: And is the strike still going strong? I mean, it's been going on for a while, and is there a next step in Tugza's plan?
2: Yeah, so I think, uh, I sort of said this, but, like, the cutting the benefits thing was, like, a big deal. I think that really riled up a lot of members. I think some said that they had, like, gone to, like, doctor's offices and, like, pharmacies and, like, realized that they're... Benefits were like no longer active. Uh, So that's like really riled up a lot of other members. Um, Temple told us that 17% of members were striking. Tugza says that number is at least double that, so 34% at least. So um, it definitely appears like it's still going strong. They're rallying most days. They have another negotiation session this week. So we'll see that. We'll see how that turns out. But um, it definitely seems like both sides are like a bit dug into like their camps a bit.
1: Well, I guess we will see what happens. <laughs> Lastly, what is your biggest takeaway from reporting on the tugs of strike?
2: Yeah, my biggest takeaway is sort of like what I sort of led with. I think like it's part of like a bigger trend like we obviously saw temple nurses in the fall strike, septa almost well temple nurses in the fall authorizing a strike they didn't strike but um, septa workers last year, like coming very, very, very close to striking. Um, a lot of people just sort of want better wages and better benefits. I think COVID sort of showed people or showed people that, you know, a lot of things aren't promised. Like it's always good to sort of have things that you can rely on when like things get tough. Um, and we're seeing people sort of like take you know added stances on making sure that they have these things. So um, I think that's my biggest takeaway. Now,
0: we talk with Molly Fesk to learn why Temple should provide harm reduction resources for students.
3: Molly, thank you for joining me
0: yet again.
3: It's
1: good to have you back.
3: Thank you. I'm happy to be here.
1: Okay, so can you give me a brief summary about your column?
3: Yeah, of course. So, my column is an opinion piece on why Temple's Health and Wellness Initiative should be including things like harm reduction resources, like xylazine, or not xylazine, but fentanyl testing strips, as well as um, just like free Narcan to issue out to students. um, Because it's obviously a very important, um, very important resources, and then, you know, it's combating a huge problem here in Philadelphia. And what inspired you to write about this? Um, I mean, I don't want this to come across weird, but I've definitely been very interested in, like, the drug culture of Philadelphia way before I came to Temple. It's definitely something that, like, made me want to get more into journalism because I am a huge, like, Vice documentary fan, and they have a whole series that's called Dope Sick on um, just, like, various areas across the United States that have been affected heavily by Trank Dope, Fentanyl, and just the opioid crisis in general, so after like watching those, I knew I definitely wanted to do something um, here on it. And then with this initiative that just came out and the legalization of the fentanyl test strips, it was like a perfect combination. And I was finally able to kind of write about it. So it's something I've had my eye on for a while. So, yeah, it's definitely like a very personal piece to me. That's really interesting, I didn't I didn't know that about you. Yeah, really cool. I'm like super into it. I think it's like the most fascinating thing in the world. It's just like, it's something I'm so interested in. And I, I don't know why, but I think it's really interesting. So let's
1: get into this. Yes. What are fentanyl test strips? What do they do? And do we know why they were illegal to have?
3: Yeah, so they were illegal under the like Drug Paraphernalia Act from like 1970 something. So, they were legal to kind of have out and like to distribute in the same ways that like pipes and bongs are technically considered illegal in a sense, or like were technically considered illegal. But in areas like Philadelphia and then Pittsburgh as well, um, in 2017, I believe, they legalized um, the use of fentanyl strips in the areas just to combat the drug issues and everything like that so they were legalized in Philadelphia in 2017 but they were officially legalized in Pennsylvania as of January 1st 2023 so essentially they work in a way where you just kind of put them in water and then you put the drug that you're testing on the drug test strip and then it'll give you a response on whether or not it contains um, fentanyl which is you know It contributes a lot to a lot of overdoses nationwide, so it's very important to test for stuff like that. And then I was told that they are about 90 to 96 percent effective. So it definitely has um, a nice use, and it's definitely helped probably a lot of people from ingesting such an illicit drug.
1: And as you say in your article, and I quote, On January 23rd, Temple announced a $1 million increase to the Health and Wellness Division's budget after recommendations from the Task Force on Mental Health and Wellness. Can you explain what that means and what are they planning to do with this money?
3: Yeah, so there's a lot of different things going into it. And definitely when writing the column, I had a lot of questions about this for the administration. And I definitely do cut them slack because it is a relatively new initiative that they've announced. But... It is a little bit confusing. So essentially what they're doing is they're bringing the like student wellness resource center and a couple of other um, like outreach kind of health wellness offices in Temple, like Tuttleman. They're essentially kind of like combining them under a same like organizational structure, if that makes sense. And then they're doing things such as like retention and staffing as well as hiring new counselors. So that's a big part of what the $1 million dollars is going to go towards is Staffing, bringing on new staff, um, building up the like student health services center at the health and sciences campus as well. So money's going to be allocated to that. But mostly what we were told was kind of retention within staffing, within counselors at Tuttleman, as well as hiring and taking on new counselors at Tuttleman. So that's a big part of what the million dollars is going for. I'm sure there's other things, but that was the like initial million. That's what that's kind of being delegated towards.
1: So your column, you basically are arguing that uh, some of that money should also go to an increase of harm reduction. And can you explain why would that be beneficial?
3: Yeah, so they kind of came forward, they kind of bargained on this million dollar initiative. Actually, I don't know if bargain's the right word, but they kind of came together and decided on this one million dollar initiative, essentially from this group, it was called like the Wellness Task Force, I believe. And they started this task force a year ago, last February. It's composed of uh, staff, faculty, a couple students as well. And then I believe like some administration people too. So they had different areas of growth that they believed Temple should be allocating more money towards. So it was like culture, sustainability, like a bunch of other things on there. And I thought that the... Kind of idea of harm reduction and these resources fell under a lot of these objectives that they were, you know, bringing this initiative for. So it just seemed like it was something that was kind of glossed over and looked over, um, because I mean the area that we're in, it's it's really really bad with the drug supply. It's, it's xylazine and fentanyl are basically in every type of drug, whether it's you know Adderall, cocaine, MDMA, you know, straight up heroin. It's in everything. So it's definitely something that the university should have incorporated in because it affects a lot of students that are potentially taking counterfeit drugs. So I think that that was kind of a big reason why I thought it should be in that initiative is because it's affecting so many of us and it's already kind of a part of these areas of growth that they wanted us to go through, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. So many of us know is very, very dangerous. As you state in the article, it's more potent than drugs such as like heroin and morphine. So then what ways are students unintentionally taking fentanyl and therefore overdosing?
3: Yeah, so the big one is definitely counterfeit Adderall. Um, I mean, I read in the news the other day, it's not in the column, but we're going through like an Adderall sort uh, an Adderall shortage in this country. A lot of people who are supposed to be getting it prescribed can't get it, they can't get their prescription filled. So, I mean, you have students that, you know, may potentially be turning towards counterfeit Adderall for that, or you have friends that, you know, maybe someone's asking, hey, can I have Adderall, whatever, and you're kind of asking, like, a third party and you're not knowing whether it's a prescription or not, you could be getting, like, you could be getting a counterfeit pill. Um, And I think a lot of people associate Adderall with, like, a study drug, so they don't realize that it could be potentially harmful, like we're thinking that, you know, it's a prescription, it's something that so many people are on, you know, why should I have to test my Adderall um, for fentanyl or xylosine, but it's something that is being seen a lot in Adderall. Um, Shannon Ash from the Everywhere Project shared a story with me about a man she had that came in to um, the outreach center and he was claiming that he was taking Adderall, he wasn't feeling well from the Adderall he was taking and they tested it, and it was just like all methamphetamines that was in it. Not oh, wow. one part of it was Adderall. So it's definitely something like we think we're taking it, and it's like good for our health. It's helping us focus. It's helping us study, but we don't know what's really in it. If it's counterfeit or not, you just have to be super careful as a student, I think.
1: Yeah, it's scary because you don't know. Yeah. You just you never know. So Temple talks a lot about things, but is fentanyl being discussed by Temple?
3: Yeah, so I mean, I was told from kind of like the heads of the task force that they do meet together with other staff members, uh, campus safety, counselors from Tuttleman, um, representatives from the Wellness Resource Center to go over campus trends, and one of those trends being drug abuse on campus. So it is something that is actively in discussion and is actively being monitored but whether that includes like off-campus trends, you know, we don't really know. So although it is something I feel like that is, they are discussing that action has kind of yet to happen. They do a lot of outsourcing with um, like Narcan training, providing fentanyl test strips and providing Narcan. So they say, you know, we understand that this is an issue among students, but these are XYZ resources that you can go to for these resources or for this training and Really, what I'm arguing is that these resources should just already be able, to, you know, be available to students on campus. So yeah, I, I guess it is under discussion by them, but whether they've taken action, it's you know a little bit unclear. I think that there's more action that they could be taking than outsourcing, but you know, it's all it's all in the column. So you'll have to give it a read. Yeah, <laughs> definitely.
1: Um, if you have anything else to say, do you have any takeaway from writing this, any last thoughts or any advice you want to give students?
3: Yeah, you know, I, I hope that the administration considers this and considers this column. I really do. Um, but, you know, if you're a student listening to this and, you know, you may be taking party drugs or study drugs or Adderall or, or anything, um, the Department of Health will give you free fentanyl testing strips if you need them the Everywhere Project, as well as Savage Sisters, who are more than happy to help with Narcan training. Um, if you want Narcan or you want fentanyl test strips, they will give it to you, no questions asked. If you don't feel comfortable going in for Narcan training, they will Zoom you into a session, and they will teach you one-on-one how to administer Narcan. So I highly recommend, you know, if Temple doesn't take these steps, students, like, definitely try to v- learn more about this because it is something, like it may not affect you personally but it may affect one of your friends or a friend of a friend or a classmate Um, you know really anyone in the Philadelphia areas is is affected by this so I highly recommend taking those steps to you know learn more understand the signs um, you know learn how you can prevent overdoses or you know what happens if someone around you is overdosing Um, it's not something that we should be blind to so that's kind of the key takeaways for that but I just encourage everyone to test their drugs Make sure you have these uh, resources at hand, you know, in case anything happens.
0: Thank you so much to our reporters, Lawrence and Molly, for joining us. You can find the articles in yesterday's print issue of The Temple News and on our online site at temple-news.com. Be sure to check out the podcast on Spotify and the Temple News website. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Olivia Hall, podcast editor for The Temple News, and see you next time on Reprint.